with me to the book of Colossians chapter 2. He asked me to preach today and I, I would like to ask you to keep me in your prayers because uh, as, as you know, English is not my main language and I get uh, very nervous. But the Lord is able, so thank you so much for being here. In the book of Colossians, chapter 2, let's start reading from verse 8. Colossians 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and after Christ. For in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Father, we come tonight seeking your face. And I pray that you will bring peace to our hearts. As we don't know what the future will bring. You know it, Lord. You know everything. And you told us to be at peace and trust in you. We don't trust in our wisdom or strength or health or finances. All that can go away in a moment. We trust in you. So help us, Father, as we co will continue walking the path that you gave us. Because we know that you are in the middle with us and leading us. Bless these dear people. Bless their effort to be here tonight. And I hope and I pray that you will take us home safely and encourage and challenge. And that you will give us a good night to sleep. Tomorrow we have another day, if you allow it. So be with us, Father, and we pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I came to this country when I, 1988, I was 17 years old. And all the time that I live in Mexico, from 1912... To 1998 or 2002, it was one political party that ruled the country, just one. They make a, how you call it, fraud, and they stay in power. I remember my dad, when it was time to go and vote, I couldn't vote, I was a teenager, and I asked dad, which political party are you going to vote? Say the same one. I'm like, why? Because they always win. I'm like, you know, in a way it's true. After the elections of 1998, the summer of 1988, they start digging up places that they burn the ballots with the, what the people vote. So it was a big mess. And since Mexico, I know that politics are like one of the dirtiest things that you can find. They are not honest, they mislead, they lie. And uh, when I came to this country in 1988, I see the political tension wasn't that bad as now. So I start thinking, sometimes we as a human beings put our faith in political parties, ideologies, and, and things that we think is going to fix our lives or is going to fix things. But let's, let's, let's be honest. 
The only one that can fix things is Jesus Christ. So when the time of election comes in Mexico, everywhere, people start asking, hey, who are you rooting for? Who are you going to vote for? And we think who's the best candidate, who has the best views, who has the best Bible uh, beliefs. And we take it from there. But if, if we are honest, we will get frustrations. We will get uh, injustice. One of the biggest injustices that I saw in this country was in June of 19, 2015, when the Supreme Court voted 5-4 to allow same-sex marriage. When I woke up the next day, I'm like, oh, wait, they didn't ask me. They didn't ask you. They didn't ask the people. So to me, that was one of the most unjustest things that we can see. But it is, it's understandable, because the world that we live is, is not just. It's unjust. Sometimes we see the innocent people suffering, and the guilty ones are not suffering at all. So that's the reason when we say, you know what, who's the best candidate to rule my life in my heart? That's the, that's the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? First point, he's the best ruler. He will rule just. He's just. And that's the reason, as a preacher, I encourage people to follow him, to listen to him. Because as a lovely father, he doesn't want us to have heartaches and to fall and get hurt. As a, as a father, that's what I try to do with my, with my kids. Our Lord Jesus Christ, that's what he tries to do with us. Tell us, you know, don't go that way. Don't go that way. I remember I used to work with my daughter, Erin, for, for years, I think four or five years. And we see things that happens, how men lie to ladies to get something out of them, and then as soon as they get what they wanted, they, they run away, even with a child left behind. And one day Erin told me that, now I understand why the Lord wants us to, you know, to live in a certain way, because he wants to protect us. I'm like, yes, sir, he wants to protect us. And uh, he's the best ruler. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 14. Why? Because with him is peace. We don't have peace now, and as we are waiting for World War III anytime. John chapter 14, verse 27. And uh, I, at the beginning of the new year, I gave the Spanish church a highlighter because I like them to mark the Bible verses that we we read, especially this one, John 14, verse 27. Peace I live with you, my peace I give unto you. Now as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you, if you ever hear me preach, and I mention things, this many times, one of my worst fears first was to die. 
As I grew older and I got married, second one was to lose my job, and third, to lose my health. Now that I'm safe, that my name is written in the book of life, I'm at peace. Because I know if I get sick, it's because the Lord will allow it. And I know if I lose my job like I did in, back in 19, uh, 2009, I know the Lord will have something for me. And if I lose my, what you can say, anything, he still will be with me. He's giving us peace. We don't have peace right now, as you can see. Everybody's fighting with each other. But can you imagine when we go to the Christmas season, and sometimes we read these Bible verses, and then we read it and we say, Yota, what a beautiful Bible verse. But go with, go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. Our Lord Jesus Christ has many attributes and, uh, and titles and names. And all of them are, are amazing. But one of the ones that I love, and to be honest with you, that really bring peace in my heart is this one. Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Consular, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Oh, brothers and sisters, I, I am not afraid anymore of dying. And that's something that the Lord put in my heart when I was a small, a small child. I was so afraid of dying. And I hear the planes sometimes flying, flying so low. And I, I think I was like four or five years old. I come outside running, yelling and screaming, Mom, we're going to die. Mom, we're going to die. They are going to throw a bomb. And we're going to die right now. She, she was like, no, you, it's not, nothing is going to happen. And I used to go to bed afraid of dying. Praise God. I know that if I die, I, I will come into God's presence. Because I took the gift of salvation. That fear is gone. He's the prince of peace. I have peace in my heart. Not only Jesus Christ is the best ruler because he promises peace. But he's our best friend. Go with me to John chapter 15. We all need a good friend. A good friend that do not betray us. A good friend that do not will stab us in the back. A good friend that we can open our hearts and tell them what's going on. And uh, we all need a friend like that. Sadly, sometimes we, we are not a good friend. And sometimes we don't have good friends. Sometimes we are not there for them, and vice versa sometimes. Because, you know, life can give us so much things to do. And, uh, but our Lord Jesus Christ is saying this in John chapter 15, verse 13. John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not, not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, 
For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. I remember, uh, if you hear me, my, if you hear my testimony, I used to hate the Bible, I used to hate church, I used to hate Christians. It's an old hymn, maybe Sister Yesenia that speaks Spanish here before. It's a wonderful thing. The lyrics is like, uh, I'm going to say in Spanish, Yo tengo un amigo que me ama, me ama, su nombre es Jesús. It says, I have a friend that loves me, his name is Jesus. And then it goes, tú tienes un amigo que te ama, which is, you have a friend that loves you, his name is Jesus. And the, the third chorus is, Tenemos un amigo. That means like a, we have a friend that loves us. His name is Jesus. When I used to hear that, I'm like, you know, this is silly. But it's true. I have a friend that loves me. You have a friend that loves you. And we have a friend that loves everybody. Praise God that, that Jesus, I can call him not only my savior, but my friend. The owner of the pharmacy is my friend. And uh, sometimes he tells me things that, Nobody else know it. For example, he told me one day, you know, this is going to happen with the pharmacy. You know, I'm telling you this, you know, I guess if you can pray for me, I'm like, yeah. So he's not only, I'm not only his servant, because he's my boss, but I'm his friend. He considers me a friend, and, and I consider him my, my friend too. And, uh, but Jesus Christ is our best friend. He's our best friend. Not only he's the best ruler, he's our best friend, but he's the best lawyer. Sometimes we need a lawyer, right, brothers and sisters? I was called to jury duty like three years ago, and I, I got peak, I got mad, I was very upset that I had to spend a week there. But all the time that I was sitting at the juror box, I praise God that I wasn't in the guilty seat. And all the time I'm like, you know what, if I die without Jesus, I will be in that seat, the defendant. And uh, praise God for saving me, Lord, because I was guilty. Go with me to the book of First John, chapter 2. We all need a good lawyer in the heavenly court. Even as Christians, when we fall, when we fell, and when we don't do what we are supposed to do and we go astray, look what uh, John, as an old age, is telling the believers, little children. In John chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. If, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. As you hear my testimony before, I got saved reading the Bible. I read the whole Bible. I wasn't involved in any church or any denomination. I didn't know about denominations. And one of the things that really scared me to life was uh, Revelation chapter, I believe it's chapter 20, 
that John saw the death, small and, and, and big, standing before God, and the books were open. And uh, when I read that, I was like, I, 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 I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And I, and I learned right there that a human will meet Jesus as a savior or as a judge. I'm not that, that smart, but I'm like, you know, I will rather take him as my savior, not as my judge. Because if we read the book of Romans, especially chapter 3, it's telling that in the eyes of God, the Almighty, everybody is guilty. He gave a verdict. We are all sinners and we all come short of the glory of God. All. All. I mean, that means everybody. And uh, I praise God that not only Jesus is the best ruler, he's my best friend, he's my, my lawyer. Even now, he's pleading my case with God the Father. He's right there saying, hey, look, look, he's kind of dummy. And he just got saved. He's, you know, he's just be patient. It's everything under the blood. So I will continue bringing conviction in his heart. I will talk to his heart through the Holy Spirit. Just be patient. And we know that Satan is right there accusing us. Because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Not of the drunkards or the drug addicts. Of the brethren. He's there accusing us all the time. Praise God that we have a good advocate. That love us and that is pleading our case. When I read the book of John, chapter 3, especially when Jesus Christ was having the conversation with, uh, I forgot his name in English, Nicodemus. Yes, uh, this beautiful Bible verse that we read in chapter 3, verse 16, we all know that Bible verse by memory, but this, this chapter 17 that says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When I read that, I'm like, you know, Jesus came to save us. I was lost, but I understand he came to save us. Catholic religion, as my parents raised me, as their parents did and for generations, I, I, I realized they are not going to save me. It's Jesus Christ, the ones that save, and I praise God for that because he didn't come to condemn me, but to save me. That's something that, what a good lawyer. What a good lawyer. In my life, I saw two cases of lawyers got paid so much money, and they, they didn't do anything. It will be the same if uh, the city, you know, the city provide a uh, free lawyer, if you don't have money, they give you one. It was the same. All the money that we spent, we like, for what? For nothing. We all need a good lawyer. Not only that, go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 5. We need a good physician, a good doctor. When they told me back in July that I might have a prostate cancer, I was like, a Lord, you made me. You saved me, and I don't know when it will be the time for me to go home, but if that's the sickness that I'm going to get graduating to heaven, 
just let my dog die first. Let Astro die first, because he's going to miss me so much. But it's up to you, Lord. Right here in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Mark 5, 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse, when she had heard Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I might touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she fell in her body that she was healed of that plague. I met a godly woman, a single mom, in the first church that I used to go. Yeah. I stopped going there and started coming here. Like a year after, we received the news that she was dying of cancer. So I asked Pastor Matt, can we visit her in the hospital bed? He said, yeah. So my brother Derek, my sister, brother Amado and I, and Pastor Matt went there, talked to her. And when we left, Pastor Matt said, you know, brother, prepare for the worst. I think she's going to die. So I see many cancer patients, and I think she's, she's going to die. But we continue praying for her on Wednesdays, and uh, the Lord showed us his power. She got healed and got twins after that. So that's the power of God. That's the reason when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, can you pray for this? Especially if that person is not safe. I pray so hard, Lord, please. Show them your power. You are able, Lord. Show them who you are. The truth is, they might know you as a Savior. And uh, he can do it. He can do it. And, we all, and like I say, when I got sick, and I, I, I'm still dealing with these prostate problems, and I'm like, Lord, it's, 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 it's up to you. If you want, you can heal me. And I, I, I told the Spanish church this. Sometimes when we are sick, it worked out for to advance the gospel. Amen. Because when I was under the, they did the two biopsies, and they sent it to analyze, and they said, you might have cancer. I was able to witness more to people, say, hey, listen, I have cancer. And I know where I'm going when I die. So it's like, a, give us like a little more tools to witness as to be healthy. You understand? We have a good physician. If it's up to him to, that we might get sick, so be it. Everything works out for those that love the Lord. Everything. And he's a good, good physician. Not only that, sometimes as a pastor, we lack help. Praise God for those that jump and say, hey, what can I do? Sometimes that's not the case. As a preacher, sometimes we, we have to beg people, hey, can you help me? Like I was telling my brother Dave, we don't have a pianist. What we rely is on the phone, and I have the, the, the music, the piano, and uh, we, we don't have uh, anybody that plays the piano since then, move, move, move out. And sometimes we need help. Let me tell you something, Jesus Christ is our best helper. Amen. Go with me to First Peter chapter 5. 
He's our best helper. He's always there. Lord, can you help me? Yes. Lord, can you... I really need help with this. Can you do it? Yes. This is the key. First Peter chapter 5. Peter. Sometimes he used to open his mouth so fast. Sometimes he, used to, he, he was full of pride. But here as an old age and wisdom, he's telling us this. First Peter chapter 5 verse 6. Humble yourself. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time. He will help us in everything that we desire that will be good for, for, for us in a spiritual way. Nobody, I, I, I remember when I came to this country, and brothers and sisters, I, I'm trying to be nice. I live in the Bronx. And I saw people not working at all, all the time in, outside the grocery stores with the music. And I'm like, how do these people live? How do they pay rent? How do they uh, afford those clothes? How can they afford the alcohol? And then my, my uncle explained to me, well, these people live with food stamps. And they don't pay rent because they live in Section 8. That's, I think that's how they call it. Yes. I'm like, but why do they need help? Supposedly they are disabled or sick. I'm like, you know, they're like healthier than me. I'm like, uh, you know, it's nice that the government helps, right? But I think they're taking advantage of that. And, and, and it's true. I praise God for this country. That don't matter if you have insurance or not, you go to the emergency room, they see you, they take care of you, and then they send the bill. In Mexico, if you have no money, they don't even see you. People die outside of hospitals because they, they, they don't take them in. Brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus Christ will help us better than those people in the Bronx living in Section A and with food stamps. The Lord will provide with us all the time what we need. Maybe not about, but what we need for the day, for the week, for the month. As a father, I remember I lost my job. I remember we had a prayer meeting here to pray about something. I don't remember. I lost my job like two days before. I didn't want to come. I was discouraged. I were 10 years over there, and all of a sudden they closed the doors, and I'm like, I came, and I went on my knees, and I said, Lord, you know what? I'm going to be selfish today. I know we, we came to pray for that, but listen, I have a need. I pay the rent, I pay the electrical bill, I pay the food, I have no job. Lord, please, please, help me to find a job. Remember, Lord, since I got saved, I forsake everything. I forsake going to play soccer on Sundays. I come here on, on, on Wednesdays. I go soul winning on Saturdays. I try to lead for you, Lord. Please help me. And I remember I was praying, and Pastor Matt had the 
he, we, we have a visitor, a missionary or something, he said, hey, brother, can you pray for them? We, we, with them? And this guy was here, and I'm like, please, Lord, don't make pastor mad. Ask me to pray. I have no, I have, I don't want to socialize with nobody. I'm discouraged, Lord. Hey, brother Jorge, can you pray with missionary? <laughs> so he went there. He said, you, you are the one that is looking for, for a job. I'm like, yeah, okay. Lord, please help brother Jorge. Remember in the Bible, it says that no child of yours will never lack water and breath. That encouraged me so much. I'm like, yes, Lord, yes, what he's saying is true, Lord. <laughs> and he helped us. He's helping you, and he's helping me. And he did, he is, and he will. No government, no candidate, no president will do that. They will put their interests first, and then everybody else. Not only that, I can brag that I have one of the best boss that I have. My boss is, is, is he's the one that sent me to Cancun the first time. He told my brother, listen, take your brother to Cancun. Make sure that he get a good week of rest over there. And many times he just take his car and say, yes, make sure he has his own room. And I told my brother, just say no. Just, just put it away. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate his goodness, but, you know, I, I, I can take care of myself. But many times he just grabbed his credit card and say, hey, listen, like last year, make sure your brother has his own room. He's having so much stress with the biopsies and, and, and the prostate problems. Just, just make sure he has his own room. And I told my brother, no, tell him thank you, but no, I, I'm okay. I don't like to take advantage. He, he, he's a wonderful human being. But let me tell you what, our Lord Jesus Christ is better than that. Go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. Every Christmas, my boss write me a Christmas card and thank me for the sacrifice that I make in the lab, in, in the pharmacy. The many times that I don't go to eat because we have so many medications for pain, for seizures, for hormones, and, and I treasure those cars, and I have a, like a collection. I think I have like a 10 or 11 of them. Basically, he's saying, thank you for your hard labor. Brothers and sisters, when we get to heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ is going to tell us the same thing. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shewed toward his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do this, you the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye may need, you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, Blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. It's, sometimes it's very hard, as I am the only source of income in my house. And when I tie, I'm like, a, Lord, you know, 
I can pay the electrical bill with this money. Lord, you know, I can save for the rent. Lord, with this money, I can go to ShopRite and buy the food for a, for a week. And I learned, it took me, I don't know about you, but it took me so much to learn how to tie. Because I was like, Lord, you know, I'm the only one that I, my wife is a housewife and uh, I'm the only one, you know, Lord. <laughs> but I learned. You know how? Because of you. I used to come the offering every Sunday. I used to see who opened not only, not only their hearts, but their wallets. And I saw their lives. The more they give, the more the Lord bless them. Not only financially, in all the blessings around. And I saw people that are like, <laughs> and I'm like, their life is a mess. Their car broke down, medical bills. I'm like, Lord, what's, what's the, the key? The key is not only we will open our hearts for the Lord, is we work and labor, and he will give us what we need. I realized that, and I'm like, uh, pay attention. Check around. And I have in the Spanish church, one of the most people back then, I don't know now, I don't count the offering anymore, that the more they gave, the more they get back. And I know somebody in the English church too, that opened their heart, their wallet, to buy a church van. You listen? To buy the church van with her money. And I saw how the Lord blessed that person. And I like a Lord, help me to not only sacrifice my wallet, my time, my talents, help me to sacrifice my life. In due time, you will take care of me. And he has. Let's go to the next point. Malachi chapter 3. I'm not that bright, brothers and sisters, but I can learn by watching. Watching around. And paying attention. The reason that I stopped counting the offering was when I, I started pastoring the church. And Pastor Matt told me, uh, Brother Jorge, I think we're going to look for somebody else because it doesn't look good that a pastor is counting the offering. I'm like, you know what, I think you, you got a good point. You got a good point. So he got somebody else. But I saw that. I'm like, Lord, why this family life is, is in such a mess? Why? Why everything seems to go wrong after another thing and after another thing? It's because of this. Look, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there might be meat in my house, and prove me now, herewith say the Lord of hosts, if I will now open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be no room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cows her fruit before the time, 
in the field, say the Lord of hosts. That's Satan. That's Satan. He will come to destroy. So the Lord will put him on the side and say, hey, listen, don't touch them. Don't touch their possessions. Don't touch their health. Don't touch anything. As we saw in the book of Job, chapter 1. Uh, go with me to Second Corinthians chapter 9. And that's what I try to... Listen, I used to go to a church before I came to this church that all they talked was money. That, that's all they talked. That's all they cared. They didn't care about our soul. Supposed to be a Christian church. And I'm like, you know what? This gospel that they preach is, uh, is false. Because they are telling everybody, if you are saved, you are supposed to be rich. And I'm like, that's, that's not true. Paul wasn't rich. He was one of the greatest Christians. And I, but, but I praise God for that because I saw the difference. And over there, sitting in those pews, I have the desire to preach the word of God. And right there, I made a promise. Lord, if you ever let me preach the gospel and give me a congregation, I promise you, that's the last thing I will talk is about money. And if you know, if you realize, if you ever been here on Friday nights, I don't even pass the plate. Because usually when I started, it was a very young, young church. And I didn't want them to say, oh, he invited me only because all they want is my money. So, but I tried to tell them, don't tip Jesus. Give him what rightfully belongs to him. And sometimes we just tip Jesus. If everything went okay this week, hey, Jesus, you know, it's $10 for you. If everything went downhill, hey, Lord Jesus, you know, you've been so hard this week, I, I'm going to give you just $1. Now, look what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We, we are almost done, and I thank you for your patience. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sow sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessary, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As we can see, next year will be election time in Mexico. I think next year will be election time here. Everybody's going to look for the best candidate. Everybody's look for the best attributes. As a Christians. Jesus Christ fulfilled all of them. He's the best ruler, our best friend, best lawyer, best physician, best helper, the best boss, and the best banker. We invest our time, our talents, our lives. He will give us according to his mercy and his love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. When I was lost, I was so afraid of the future. As you know, I have no education. I couldn't afford, Lord. 
a college or a university or a high degree. And my future was uh, full of uh, doubts and fears. But when I came to you, Lord, you fulfill all my desires. As we read in the book of Colossians, we are fooling you. We are completing you. Help us to remain faithful. Help us to keep going. And sometimes we will see the lack of, compro of uh, compromise in, in people. And we might get discouraged. But you, Father, you are our Father and our Savior and our Shepherd. And we ask you just to help us, Father, to don't grow weary. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the faithfulness of your people. And I pray especially, Father, if anybody's listening and don't know when they will spend eternity, where that through the message and the moving of your Holy Spirit, this person will come to understand that you want to save everybody. So be with us, Father, and I pray that you will encourage the Christian that is wandering away, that they, that person might come back to you. Because what a better place, Father, that is to be with you. So thank you, Father, for everything. Take, take us home safely. Be with us in the next appointed hour. And help us, Father, as we continue doing our church this week. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you.